Chapter twenty two of An Irishman's Difficulties with the Dutch Language by Kiwi Naguail. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Anna Simon. Chapter twenty two The Devoted Nurse. Well, continued Jack, it was these experiences that made me begin to doubt the value of my Berlitz soliloquy method. But Terence helped me to give the system a really good trial, and he worked as hard as I did. It was quite different with Kathleen. When she came back from Germany, she was keen on art, but apparently had been moping about something, and she refused to study any more Dutch. That was before the accident, you see. After that, she was quite angelic, and nursed her father assiduously, and the landlady's little son, too. You know, of course, that Uncle got a severe shock from a motorbike along the canal. Jan, who had been prowling around, to give his chat an airing, ran across just in time to push the absent-minded old gentleman out of the way, but the lad was thrown on the ground and badly hurt. Uncle pulled round soon enough. His indignation at the motorcyclist helped him, as he had some vague idea, if he were up and about, he could get the culprit arrested. But Jan grew steadily worse for the first week. The violent fall and the bruise were both very bad for the plucky youngster. Kathleen kept going back and forward, looking after the sufferers. She said she never could repay Jan enough for saving her father's life. It appears to have been a close shave at the edge of that deep canal, and Uncle nearly had them all in. As a matter of fact, he had spent the morning with me, telling me about his grand find of original Celtic manuscripts in Germany, and about von Leeuwen's kindness. I never saw him so taken with anybody— in Bonn he had got wind of these precious Celtic relics, and, as everything was closed at the university at that time of the year, he worried and fumed till he met some of the authorities that knew von Leeuwen. Immediately he had banged off a telegram to Arnhem requesting von Leeuwen's private influence, and, to his delight, that young man came joyfully in person. Of course he would. It was too good a chance to be missed. Indeed, it was just the opportunity he wanted, and yet he and Kathleen quarrelled fiercely over trifles all the time. But I was telling you about my uncle's escape. It seems he was ambling along in his usual oblivious style on the sunny side of the street when he stopped, no doubt painfully near the edge of the canal, to note down something that occurred to him for his book. Just then, a motorcycle turned the corner at a fiendish speed and was nearly over him. Uncle is the most helpless of mortals at such times, and he was stepping hurriedly into the canal when Jan bounded across the road and pulled him right. The bike tourist must have been a heartless fellow, for he never swerved but bore down at full tilt on both rescuer and rescued while they were still on the edge of the water. The youthful Jan, however, is both original and daring, for he turned the motorman aside as cleverly as if he had Boyton in his hand. He either flung himself or his cap against the advancing horror. Terence says it was the kitten he threw. In any case, the little fellow did, as a last resource, try to protect both his dear kitty and the Engelse Meneer at some risk to himself. The chat was enhanced, but fled up an adjacent elm, whence it had to be coaxed down at dusk with endless saucerfuls of milk. This task Kathleen took on herself, 
after we discovered that Dr. McNamara, though shaken, was not injured. Nothing would have pleased you better than to have seen her beaming face as she brought the trembling little kitty to Jan's bedside. She didn't know a word of Dutch, but managed to communicate quite easily by signs with Jan's mother, whom she promised to come often and see. We all assumed at first that the little fellow had escaped scot-free, but in a day or two he was in high fever and unconscious. He had got a contusion, the doctor said, and would be confined to his cot for weeks. It was marvellous to see how Kathleen comforted the poor mother without either grammar, polite dialogue, or the use of het. I grew quite jealous and envious. Here was I, who had been slaving at syntax and accidents for weeks, and I couldn't carry on an intelligent conversation for two minutes without deviating into metaphysics or getting into a quarrel, while my cousin, who said she hated Dutch, could get through the niceties of sick-room nursing and the subtleties of heartening up the poor hysterical mother with the utmost ease and success. And I knew for certain that she couldn't go through the present optative of ik grau, ik kef en ik kweel, or give one of the rules for geilieden, no, not to save her life. But she was never at a loss for all that. A more devoted nurse, indeed, I cannot imagine. At the crisis, when the little sufferer was really in danger, she used to watch by him hours at a stretch to relieve the helpless mother. The serious turn came all at once, and no aid was at hand. Jan was in pain, and wandered in his talk, crying out that the motorfeets was hunting him into the canal, for having rescued a vreemdeling, and pouring forth such a torrent of elementary English and Boyton Dutch as surprised us all. I fancy it was, in part, my early translations he had treasured up, for some of my mistakes about handcuffs and dog-collars figured amid the incoherences, and it was pitiable to hear him plead for a Z-Beneden to wrap round his injured arm, already bandaged as tightly as he could bear it. Then he kept ringing the changes on an expression I must have used in argument with his mother the day I persuaded her to keep his bedraggled foundling. Het is geen menigte poesjes, zegt meneer. Het is maar een stuk of één. Heus, moe, laat hem blijven. Niet bang, hoor, schattie. Je bent maar een stuk of één. Pas op, meneer, daar komt de fiets. And so on, da capo. So wild and restless was he, the second evening of the fever, that we had to summon the doctor unexpectedly, quite late. Yes, his condition was disquieting, and we must get him to sleep. It was largely a matter of nursing at the moment. New medicine was sent for, his head was to be kept cool, and only one watcher was to remain in the room. Above all, no noise. If the English juffrouw, who seemed to understand the lad's state, would consent to sit up to two or three o'clock, so much the better. The excited mother could have a rest meantime. Otherwise she would be fit for nothing next day. But no sooner had the good doctor softly closed the front door than my landlady declared it was her intention to watch all night. Kathleen was at her wit's end. In vain did she make signs and talk emphatic English in her high voice, or try coaxing with a bit of the brogue. 
all her feminine freemasonry failed to communicate the faintest idea to the mother uncle mcnamara who had been waiting to take his daughter back to the dulen tried moral suasion in his own particular brand of german and even in other tongues terence says his father recited a well-known passage from the iliad in his eagerness to be persuasive but all without avail she wouldn't heed anybody and she wouldn't go she sat close to the cot rocking violently to and fro and moaning mijn eigen kind mijn eigen kind the little fevered face was puckered with a new perplexity at the sound of all this grief and the familiar voice moeder he cried moeder daar komt ie weer hij wou hem in het water gooien moeder vasthouden hoor it was most painful for my landlady's impending hysterics were making the lad worse every moment is poesje ook weggelopen he said presently a happy thought struck kathleen she stole downstairs and presently returned with a chat which was purring vigorously and giving kopjes as she placed the soft furry creature in jan's hands he stopped moaning and stroked it joyfully dag kitty he said with delight ben je terug apparently he thought it was i who had restored the wanderer for he explained geen praatje meneer that is my nice little chat then exhausted and satisfied he dropped into a sound sleep End of chapter 22